You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Widhelm with Katie Vernoy, and this is a podcast for therapists about the things that we do with our businesses, the ways that we live our lives, and since the pandemic times, we've been hearing more and more discussion of, oh, we can just have virtual offices anywhere. We we don't need to be planted into a physical office. And we are joined today by Kim Tolson, LCSW, and the traveling therapist who not yes. only goes <laughs> everywhere, but seemingly has just kind of no permanent base. So Kim right. is here to share all of her wonderful tips and describe how to build a practice where you can be a nomadic therapist. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Kurt and Katie. I'm so happy to be here to tell you guys about this. I like to share my lifestyle to kind of give like hope to anybody out there that wants to travel and live this lifestyle. So I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for asking me to come. Oh, we're so excited to have you. It's always fun to have a friend of the show on the show. So the first question we ask everyone is, who are you and what are you putting out into the world? So I'm Kim Tolson. I'm an LCSW. I'm also like a serial entrepreneur. So on top of seeing clients while I'm on the road, I also have a ton of different income streams where I'm just, you know, putting products out and seeing clients and then just traveling the world as a digital nomad. Really, that's really who I am. I'm just like obsessed with traveling. So I figured out a way to do that. And I'm now putting that out into the world as the traveling therapist, trying to encourage other therapists to live this lifestyle. That's what they want to do. So how does this work? What's the lifestyle like? <laughs> uh, my typical day. It's it's kind of like being on vacation every day, really, honestly. Oh, that's um, so cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is. Every couple of weeks, we're in a different place. Right now, we're we're staying in a condo on the oceanfront. We woke up this morning, we had coffee on the porch, watching these guys catch fish in the ocean. And then there's tennis courts here. So we went and played tennis and then we hopped in the pool. And then I, you know, came in here to have this podcast interview with you guys. <laughs> and every day is pretty much like that, except for when I'm like fitting clients in and doing some work on the side hustles. So the question that we usually put towards the beginning of the episode is is a learning lesson, something that helps folks to to not make the mistakes that other folks make. And so what do therapists get wrong when they're trying to work while traveling? Oh, so much. Um, <laughs> not checking the internet, <laughs> not like really making sure you have reliable internet, because pretty much if you have that, you're fine. You know, you can find a place to work. I was telling you guys before we hit record, I set up an office in the walk-in closet of this Airbnb that we're at right now. So as long as I have a place to connect and reliable internet, I'm pretty good. A lot of people just kind of go and they don't think about that. And then they get super frustrated because they can't see their clients and you know, it becomes really stressful for them. So that's, that's one thing, you know, I think if you want to be like full on, like nomadic, like me, a lot of people in the beginning make the mistake of, you know, okay, we're just going to every week, we're just going to go to a different place. We're going to zip around here and there. And we're going to see everything there is to see in each place. And it's going to be amazing. But you quickly learn that that's super exhausting. It just, you just can't maintain it. So we started out with that same idea, like, okay, every week, we're just going to like go to a new place, but 
we've sort of found our sweet spot is around like two and a half weeks in each place. So you can just kind of get there, you get settled, you can like figure out where the grocery store is. We've decided to live in these places instead of just like pop in and pop out because it's just too hard to do. So I think a lot of people do that. They try to fit it all in too quick and they get exhausted and burned out with it. How do you navigate scheduling? I've I've seen you in different parts of the country, like actually physically. We've crossed paths a couple of times, and yeah. you know, you're. I, I'm imagining managing time zones has to be a very thoughtful part of the process as well. It really is. So I've sort of worked out a system where I only see clients on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mornings. I only have like five or six clients now that I see. So. Usually I start around like 10, 11, 12, something like that. So even if I'm on the West Coast, I can adjust. You know, I just get up earlier and see clients earlier because I've just got a few. So I work it out that way. Mondays and Fridays are reserved for like coaching, consulting stuff, recording like informational webinars or anything that I'm doing for my side hustles. And then I really leave the afternoons open to go explore whatever place we're in. So if it's a hike or just going into town and walking around or just going to hanging out on the beach. We try to do that in the afternoons. So that's how I've managed it. Uh, my my boyfriend, is his job is based on the East Coast. So when we're like out on the West Coast, we're usually up at like 5 a.m. So he can, you know, adjust to the East Coast schedule that he's got to stick to. It seems like there is some structure there that you've put in place that allows you to enjoy each location. And it sounds like you're, I mean, two and a half weeks in a place seems both long and short. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it really depends on the place too. You'd be surprised, you know, some places you think you want to be there for two and a half weeks, you get there and it's like, okay, well, we've already seen everything there is to see and we're ready to go uh, to the next place, you know? So you do, you do kind of run into that a little bit. And then there's some places like, gosh, I wish we had booked a month here, but we've already got an Airbnb somewhere else. And we'll have to remember to come back here. How do you set all this up? Because it seems like there's a lot to consider when you're actually moving from place to place or even just relocating and seeing clients in a different time zone in a different place. It seems like there's so much to consider. There's insurance, which one of your side hustles is about insurance. There's taxes, there's licensing. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of practicalities to consider when you're doing this. How do you handle that stuff? I'm kind of like, just do it and figure it out along the way. So that's what I've done. <laughs> that's always been, you know, my, my style. I just kind of like hop on and do it and figure it out, you know, and I, I have professionals that help me like an accountant that helps me figure out the tax stuff. The planning is really, there is no system to it. It's just total madness. Really? <laughs> we're like, <laughs> we're like, okay, we know for the winter, we hate the cold weather. So that's like our baseline. So where do we want to go for the winter? That's not going to get colder than like 70 degrees. And for us, that's Florida, you know, so for October, November, December, we've booked Airbnbs for a month long. This is the first time we've done a whole month in different places. So every month we're moving to, to a new place and that's how we're doing the winter in Florida. And that's totally different than how we've been doing it. So it's like a total adjustment constantly. We know we want to do like Washington state and Oregon and all that and Montana, like in the spring and the summer. So we're kind of roughly starting to look at Airbnbs. We keep a list, like a wish list for each place. And then when we like, finally are like, okay, in about three weeks, it looks like we're going to need to start heading towards Texas. You know, we'll pick an Airbnb that's on our wish list. And that's kind of how we manage the whole thing. <laughs> really? <laughs> 
<laughs> what about the business side, though, as far as, you know, making sure you can see clients, making sure that you've got your taxes taken care of? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So with the traveling therapist, I have put a lot of thought into resources because I do want other traveling therapists to be able to do the same thing. So I actually researched this a lot. I asked every single state if I can practice in their state as an LCSW. I You email the board, you ask them, they'll give you an answer sometimes. Sometimes they won't answer, but at least you've tried. So I actually compiled a whole list for LPCs, LCSWs, LMHCs. And there are some states that could care less if you're in their state seeing your clients in your state of licensure. But there are some states that don't allow you to do that. So you have to be super aware of that if you are traveling. Like Texas is one. Texas is a state I cannot be sitting in as a Virginia therapist and seeing my clients that are physically located in Virginia as an LCSW. So if we're staying in Virginia, I know that or in Texas, I know that I'm not going to be booking clients while I'm there. Yeah. So it's there's logistics like that. The taxes, I, you know, I have an accountant, thank God, because I I don't even want to try to keep up with that stuff. So my business is registered in Florida because there's no income tax. And I was advised to do that. My mailing address, physical mailing address is in Florida. It's my mom's address. We use that address. I'm licensed in the state of Virginia. I have a virtual address in the state of Virginia through this thing called Anytime Mail. And that's where I run all my insurance contracts through. So as far as the insurance companies know, I'm you know at this address in Virginia, which is actually a virtual address. So when I do my billing, I send it all through that Virginia address because that's my state of licensure. So it's, I mean, like people have to actually plan ahead. Yeah, I would say you need to plan <laughs> ahead. If you want to do it like this, I mean, if you're, if you're somebody that's like, gosh, I just want to take a month off, you know, it's different. It's different for everybody. So it really yeah. starts with like, what do you want in your life as far as traveling goes? So if you want to take a month off, you cancel your clients, you make sure they're taken care of, you know, there's different logistics for that sort of thing. And if you're not going to be working wherever you're traveling to, you don't have to worry about the taxes part and all that. And I, I imagine that being really good friends with your accountants also just in tracking a lot of your expenses, especially if you have a traveling therapist as kind of your business shtick, I guess, is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know our, our general advice is don't take tax advice from therapists, go to an right. account. But is there some of the added business benefits of being a nomad like you have? Yeah, you know, so this isn't the case for everybody, but since the traveling therapist is a business and it's actually making money, I am able to write off a lot of what I'm doing at this point. The Airbnbs, I'm able to write off some of that. Anytime I eat a meal or talk about a place where I spent money. If I post it on social media or of one of the traveling therapist accounts, I can I can report that to my accountant as an expense that went towards the traveling therapist business. So, you know, I, I don't know what it's like for a therapist, you know, but a coaching business, if you're using your location to help promote your business, you can write that stuff off. So I'm still learning too. I keep a spreadsheet of what state I'm in, where, and the expenses that happen. And then at the end of the year, I'm just going to give it to them and they calculate it and they do their magic with it. <laughs> True delegation. You're like, I'm just going to yes. keep track. They will decide. They will help me figure it out. <laughs> Love it. 
I guess the thing that I'm just experiencing is that you said it's like being on vacation every day, but it's also like being at work every day. How do you manage kind of the work-life balance, integration, separation? However you, how does that look when you're, when you're actually traveling and working? Well, like I was saying, you know, I do have the stuff scheduled, like the clients and all of that. And then as we know, like having a side hustle or being like a serial entrepreneur, there's always something to do, you know? So I kind of, you know, work it around like my boyfriend's schedule. Like if he's got meetings or something, you know, I'll work on that stuff. Or in the evenings, if he's, you know, watching baseball or something, I'll be working on that stuff. So I just kind of fit the work stuff in when we don't have other stuff that we're doing, like out exploring or even going to the gym. We belong to Planet Fitness. So we try to go to the gym every day, wherever we are. There's usually a Planet Fitness. So, you know, I just fit the work stuff in when I can, when there's not other stuff going on that I want to be doing. I think for me, it's the other part that seems hard. Like it would be hard to unplug if you're like, okay, now I got to take the selfie so that I can write off this little side trip and and all of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like, I just do what I'm doing. And then like at the end of the week, I'll be like, oh, okay. I need to like document this stuff. (laughs) I need to be like, oh shit, I need to write this down. Okay. I I did this, this, and this. And that's, that's more my style, you know? So I kind of, I guess I compartmentalize that way a little bit, you know, I just kind of have my fun and then I like backtrack a little bit, like, okay, I need to play catch up, but that's just my personality for somebody else. It might be stressful trying to do it that way, you know? What are some of the surprising things that you've come across in your travels and trying to do this? Let me think. I mean, literally every day is a surprise. (laughs) I mean, I wish I could like summarize like a bullet point kind of thing, but every day is a super adventure. You know, I get on TripAdvisor and I'm like, okay, what is there to do here? Okay. There's this dude that'll come teach you like surf fishing in the ocean. And I really want to do that because there's these guys out here every day catching fish. So I'm like, okay, I want to know what the bait is and, you know, how do I catch these fish? So every day is like a surprise to me really. Cause I wake up, I like do what I have to do, like on my schedule. And then I'm like, okay, the world is my oyster sort of thing. What can I go do and explore? You know? So that's been surprising for me. Another thing is I thought it was going to be super hard to let go of all my stuff you know, cause we sold our houses and, you know, I was like, gosh, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. So we sold everything before we became digital nomads. And then we put like the rest of our stuff in a 10 by 10 storage unit. And right now we're trying to figure out how the heck are we going to liquidate that thing and get rid of it? Cause we're paying like $250 a month for the remaining stuff that I felt like I had to hold on to. But it's like, I'm surprised that I have not needed any of that. I don't care about any of it. I'm ready to let go of it. These Airbnbs have everything you need. I don't need a ton of stuff. So that's been surprising to me too, because in the beginning, it was hard to let go of that stuff. You know, initially, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to sell my house. Oh my gosh, I'm not even going to have a house. You know, that process. What are the things that you do need? Like, what's the stuff that you find yourself taking with you place to place, whether it's for the personal as- aspects of being a traveler or the professional aspects of being a business owner working from a place that you don't own? Okay, so I have celiac disease. <laughs> so um, it's, I don't, if you don't know what that is, that means you can't consume gluten at all. Or yeah, you get so very that's a sick. whole specific thing like that you have to thing. take care of. Yeah. It's a whole thing. So we definitely need places with kitchens, you know, because I can't eat out a lot of places because of cross-contamination. 
So I definitely need a kitchen. I need my own pots and pans, which is kind of crazy that I have to travel with like a pot and pan and a spatula because a lot of these kitchens are the dishes and everything are sort of contaminated. So I have to worry about that. I need my computer. (laughs) We definitely need multiple Wi-Fi options. So Ken is my boyfriend. He has a different carrier than I do, a cell phone carrier. So we have two different hotspot carriers because if mine's not working, his might be, and vice versa, we could use each other's spots. We also have another portable mobile hotspot that we can turn on and off as we need it. It connects to any cell service that's local to where that hotspot is. So that's another alternative. So we definitely have that taken care of everywhere we go because we both need, you know, the internet to be able to work. So those are the big things for me that I definitely have to have. And the rest, I mean, these Airbnbs have everything pretty much, you know, they're they're pretty well stocked most of the time. So how do your clients react? I mean, I imagine that, you know, with this being your brand, that it has to come up at some point or another, and just wondering how you handle those curiosities. I'm really open about it. They know I travel. They know they knew when I when I left Virginia, they knew, you know, when I decided to become a digital nomad. I'm pretty just open about it that, you know, sometimes there might not be a good internet connection. We might have to go to a phone call, you know, if if we have to manage it that way. And like I said earlier, I only have like five or six clients and these clients are long-term to me. We've known each other for a long time, most of them, and they just kind of pop in when they need you know, a therapy session or a tune-up, so to speak. So they know, they know I talk about it openly. I do have a virtual background. I usually have on during my sessions just for like continuity sake. So it's not different every single time they see me. But other than that, I'm pretty open about it. I know some therapists don't mention it at all and they use the same background and they never say that they're not right where they're supposed to be or where the client thinks they are. So it's really your preference, I think. Yeah, it seems like almost a kind of clinical orientation question of do you yeah. let them know what you're doing or not? It is. I've heard people talk about like having a particular, you know, painting or not painting necessarily, but some sort of artwork or something that they put up against the wall so it looks pretty similar or using the same virtual background, those kinds of things. And it seems like that can be, you can have continuity and share or have continuity and not share. It's it's kind of interesting. I find that clients are usually more flexible about it than therapists are, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, okay, yeah. I was like, whatever. Can we talk about me now? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But it seems like you, you're balancing the caseload, and it sounds like that's small, it's manageable, it's people that have known you for a long time, but you also have all of these other income streams. Yes. So, and you've kind of just, you know, kind of said, oh, and I've got these other businesses, but what are those and how have you kind of put that life together? Because it seems like there's a lot that you're doing that requires your attention. And so moving around seems like it's just one additional step. But what are the what are the income streams? So I've got a million, I wake up every day with a new idea. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the biggest side hustle, I guess you would call it's almost like my uh, majority of my income now is the insurance billing for private practice stuff that I do. So um, I had a terrible biller story, knew nothing about insurance. They fired me, which is a long story, but then I learned how to build insurance. And then I just felt super passionate that I had to like put that information out to other therapists. So they felt empowered in their own private practices. 
to at least know what was going on with the biller, if they were going to have a biller or to know how to do it themselves because of what happened to me. So I have tons of courses. I've created mini courses, one big, huge course. I've got a membership where monthly you come in and we do like live billers meetings, myself and two actual billers are in there. And we're just constantly helping if you want to do it on your own. And then aside from that, I started a directory for billers <laughs> uh, that, you know, because I want them to be reliable. If somebody's going to use a biller, I want them to be reliable. So I started sort of that side business too. And then I have the traveling therapist stuff that I'm working on, which has led to the traveling therapist podcast, which is so much fun. I'm having so much fun doing that. And that leads to sponsors and affiliates. And, you know, so I have a lot of income coming in that way around people that just, you know, want me to promote their stuff in my Facebook groups and, and on the podcast and my other income stream places. So that's kind of in a, in a little nutshell what I'm working on. <laughs> With a lot of the therapists who are taking your courses and that kind of stuff, what are some of the questions that you see people initially struggling with? You know, Katie made reference to you know, other therapists might be the ones who kind of struggle with some of this idea the most. What are some of the common anxieties that you hear from other therapists who are considering this kind of lifestyle? Oh, the traveling lifestyle? Oh, gosh. it's There's so much. The big one is you know, I don't want to leave my family. That's hard. How do you do that? Another one is I've got young children. I'd love to be nomadic, but what do I do with the kids? Like, how do we manage them with homeschool and that sort of thing? Another one is how do you afford it? You know, I'm not sure how I would be able to do the, live this lifestyle if, if I really wanted to. So that's like money mindset stuff comes up a lot. Those are the the biggest ones. And just, you know, I think people worry about getting lonely if they're trying to do it on their own, if they don't have a partner to do it with. I think that's, that can be, you know, an issue for people. So those are, those are some of the major ones that come up. How do you help folks sort through those things? Cause some of them seem like they're timing, especially like with young kids, that kind of stuff. And it's a, it's a big life decision, but with the, the money mindset stuff, I mean, there are some practical restrictions on being able to travel and stay in Airbnbs and, and that kind of stuff. How do you, how do you help folks with the money concerns? Yeah. You know, I really start with looking at the way their practices are set up or, you know, the way that they're making, like, how are you making money? How, how are you managing money? You know, if, if you're an insurance-based practice, are you on panels with a bunch of like low paying EAPs and insurance companies that are only paying you $60 a session? Because if you are, you're killing yourself. You're working yeah. too much and you're, you're never going to like get out of that trap of like 40 clients a week, you know, just trying to make ends meet, you know? So I start there, like what is going on with that? You know, can we get you off some of those lower panels? You know, let's talk private pay. How do we, how do we set your rate at a better place so you can actually live the life you want to live? How do we start working you towards that? You know, I, I really focus on that stuff. You know, and then there's just money mindset stuff around like overspending, you know, people that just don't budget well, you know, that sort of thing. So just trying to look at all of those factors that come into and, you know, generational type messages that say you can't or it's not okay to spend money. You know, all of those pieces come into that financial money mindset piece, especially with this kind of stuff, like wanting to travel, like even feeling like you have the right to travel, you know, it just sometimes this intergenerational trauma and messaging just keeps people from being even able to try to step into a lifestyle like this, if that makes sense. 
But I mean, I think there are the, the practical elements of not having a typical home base. Yeah. I mean, how expensive is it really? It's expensive. I mean, for us, we're partners, right? So we split everything and he has a really great job. He makes plenty of money. I make plenty of money with the side hustle. So for us, it's not that bad, you know, but I think for mm -hmm. somebody else, if, you know, these Airbnbs we get are like, you know, two bedrooms, two baths, you could do it cheaper. You could do one bedroom. You could even rent a room in somebody's house. You could even have an RV and there's this thing called um, Harvest Hosts where you can live in people's properties for free. Like there's all kinds of ways to do this stuff. The way we're doing it would probably be considered expensive to some people, you know, because these Airbnbs are not cheap. They have the cleaning fees and, you know, the taxes, it's one price. But then when you check out, it's like probably $1,000 more on top of it. So, yeah. So you need to look at that stuff like, okay, what, what's within my means? How much do I want to do this? And like, how can I make it work with what I have coming in? Yeah. And there's traveling and then there's the full digital nomad. And so I right. think there's also going away for a month and keeping some income is very different than selling everything and living out of Airbnbs all the time. Exactly. It sounds like there's a lot of intentionality and a lot of organization involved in this. Mm -hmm. There is. <laughs> <laughs> there is and there isn't. <laughs> Some of it, yes. And then the rest of it is just kind of like totally willy-nilly, like sporadic day-to-day -day kind of things. What kinds of suggestions or tips do you have for people in keeping organized like this? Ooh, good question. Again, it's like your mode of travel is going to be important, you know, to stay organized. So for us, People would think we're ridiculous because we're literally traveling across the country in a two-seater convertible with the trunk that's like very small. So we anything we can fit in the trunk is what we take with us. But other than that, that's it. We we just don't have room for anything. But if you're somebody that needs lots of stuff, I mean, you might want to be like an RV person, you know, where you can have your whole house in the RV or like a schoolie, you know, where you converted it and you could take all your stuff with you. I think the organization piece depends on how much space you have and like the structure of how you're going to be doing this, really. How much routine do you get into? Because it seems like for me, I think I would get homesick, number one. But I think the other element of it is I would feel so lacking roots, lacking structure. And so how much structure do you put into or routine do you put into your day-to-day -day life as you're moving around the country? You know, I've got that regular schedule with the clients. You know, we wake up, we have breakfast, we go to the gym pretty much every day. We we do our work and then we just like fill in the spaces. So there is there is structure that way, you know. But I hear you about like the roots and stuff. That was a when you were asking about the surprising things, that was another surprising thing. Like I do miss my family, but you know, FaceTime's great. And I see them a lot that way. But I do sometimes feel a little like, okay. Gosh, shouldn't I have a home base? But then the surprising part is like, no, I feel like each new place we get to, I feel pretty rooted like within a couple of days. It's strange. It's like we kind of just fall in. And it's like, this feels like home today. Do you see the therapists who are maybe following in your footsteps? Do you see them as more established clinicians who already have kind of their clientele? Or are you seeing any sort of growth as far as people who are initially trying to start a practice? And is there a difference between those two groups? Yeah, I I see a mixture of 
both really. I don't, I haven't seen a difference, like I, like a, a notable difference in the type of person that's doing this. I mean, a lot of the younger therapists, you know, it seems like therapists these days are going straight from grad school to their own private practices, even if they're not even licensed yet, you know, they're doing like private pay or so. Yeah. I don't see a difference really. Once you kind of like get a whiff of this lifestyle, it's like contagious a little bit. So people just want to like jump on board regardless of where their practices are. I think, I think they just want to figure out how to make it work, you know? And if you have good referral sources and they know that you're all online, it's pretty easy to try to, you know, maintain a caseload regardless of what you're doing with this stuff, I think. I think that's what the pandemic really taught us is that we can actually be somewhere else and still maintain our referral sources via phone call or Zoom or whatever it is. It seems like there's an element of this that is really a lot easier than it appears because there's all of this stuff in the background. Like I'm thinking of like, I have to like move and like do all this stuff and then it would be super fun. But then when you really come down to it, the workday is the workday. The office may be a little bit different. The chair may be more or less comfortable. You may be in a closet or you may be in a fully furnished <laughs> office, but it, like it seems like there's that element of once you land in front of your computer, mm-hmm. the work is the work and you don't have to be in physical space with people to be able to do business anymore. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you really can just do it anywhere. You know, if the rest is okay, like if you could manage, like we've talked about the stress and the organization and like figuring out the back end of stuff and all the logistics and all of that, but yeah, you can do it anywhere. <laughs> it's wonderful. Any other pieces of advice for people who are maybe considering this or how to dip their toes into this and see if this is the kind of lifestyle for them? I think just you could just start out with like one or two weeks somewhere and you know, make sure you have reliable internet, make sure licensure wise, it's okay for you to be in the place that you want to go to, plan the trip, schedule your clients according to the time zone and just give it a try and see if you like it. (laughs) You know, most people say once they do it, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go on the next trip or, you know, the next place. Because, you know, you can, you can make money doing this from anywhere. You know, you don't have to like, before I even went online back in 2018, it was like, I was taking eight vacation weeks a year because I love to travel so much, you know? So it was like, I'd have to cram all my clients in take a week or two vacation, come back, cram all my clients in, take a week or two vacation. So this is like the perfect uh, solution for somebody like me that just loves to be on the go, like exploring all these different places, you know? And before we started recording, you did say that you were going to offer a special little deal for our our folks, our modern therapists who might want to learn more about this and and get their practices set up this way. I would love to offer that. So I do have a course that's called the Expert's Guide to Becoming a Traveling Therapist. It's actually, um, I had about 20 contributors of other traveling therapists. We all contributed trainings to this course to help people learn how to do this if that's what they want to do. But for your listeners, I'd like to give 25% off the course with the coupon code Modern Therapist. Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. (laughs) And where can people find that? Yeah. So if you go to the travelingtherapist.com, that's my website. If you're on Facebook, I've got a Facebook group called The Traveling Therapist. You can find us there. Um, there's about 6,000 members in there. Most people are traveling to some extent. So it's a really fun place to go and just try to plan the stuff out. 
And then if you're into the insurance piece, if you want to learn more about that, privatepracticeinsurancebilling.com is my other website where you can find me. And we'll include links to all of that in our show notes. You can find those on our website, mtsgpodcast.com. Follow us on our social media, join our Facebook group, The Modern Therapist Group. And if you want to continue to support the show, please consider becoming a patron or supporting us through Buy Me a Coffee. And until next time, I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Renoy and the traveling therapist, Kim Tolson. Thank you for listening to The Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. 